Louisville. How many of you really love your pastors here tonight? Gosh, I'll tell you, we've just been having such a great time the past few days. And, you know, just to hear the vision that God's given them, just to hear the heartbeat that God's given them, just to understand and know that God is a God that's doing something in the now. Tell your neighbor, God is working now. And I believe that when we serve a God of the now, he raises up leaders for such a time as this. And when I take a look at Pastor Estevan and Sister Chella, I couldn't think of the coolest, best-looking, skinniest, funniest, most powerful young couple that God could raise up in victory outreach than them. Come on and give them a good, good round of applause here tonight. And I want to just thank them. They've been treating us so well. Church, you guys have been treating us so well. And and tonight, I'm also grateful for my beautiful wife, and uh, she's been here with me the past few days. We've just been having a really good time. I love you, George. And uh, I'm going to have her come up at the end of the service tonight because I believe that God is also going to use her in your life. You ready for this tonight? Amen. Amen. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open up with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 11. And tonight, I, I want to just kind of finish this weekend, this week, this few services we've been having just talk to you about God. Come on, somebody. Just talk to you about God and what God can do and what God wants to do and what God would be willing to do if you'll just open up tonight. Come on, somebody. You know, I've learned that you can come to church and get what you need or get what you want. It's all up to you. Come on, somebody. How many came to get something for the Lord? Book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32, in the second part, many of you know it says, But the people who know their God shall be what? Come on, say it like you got it. Shall be what? Shall be what? But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Before you see to give your neighbor a high five and tell them God is strong in 2013. And you can go ahead and be seated tonight. Thank you, Pastor Eddie. How many of you know we serve a strong God? If God's strong, just pick up your bicep and go like this tonight. Just come on. Even if you got a little olive oil arm, let me see it. Come on. If you don't think God's strong, don't do nothing. But if you think God's strong, come on, do this right now. I like Pastor Dale. Pastor Dale got guns. Brother Greg got guns. Come on, somebody. Touch your neighbor and tell him God is strong. And you know what we believe here at Victory Outreach? Listen, at Victory Outreach, we don't do weak. At Victory Outreach, we don't do half-hearted. At Victory Outreach, we don't do average. At Victory Outreach, we don't do normal. You're going you're gonna to catch this sermon, so we need to wake up a little bit here tonight. At Victory Outreach, we aren't like everybody else. But how many know at Victory Outreach, we do strong? Come on, say that with me. Say strong. But one thing I've learned is that in order to do strong and in order to do mighty, we've got to know God. Because the truth is, is that the people who are strong are the people that know God. And in order to know God and in order to be strong, 
We've got to understand that God is into relationship. Can you write that down on your notes? Put God is into relationship. God is into relationship. You know, he's not only into relationship, but he's a talking God. Tell you he's a talking God. He wants to have conversations with his children. Have you ever had that person in your life that you could just talk to about important stuff? Come on, somebody. You know, you had that one friend you could talk to about what was going on in your marriage or that one friend that you could talk to when you had a bad day at work. Come on, say amen if you're live out there. Have you had, ever had that one friend that you can just go to about any situation in your life? Well, here's the thing. That's the way God is with us. Did you know that God wants to talk to you about stuff? See, we got to flip the script. Tell your neighbor, flip the script. Because a lot of times we come to church and we just want to tell God all of our problems. But imagine if we built a church where we came to church ready to hear about what God wanted to do through our life. Imagine if we built a church where we could come and catch the heartbeat of God because we understand that God wants to talk to us about stuff. And the stuff that God wants to talk to us about, friends, is not just ordinary stuff. But how many know God wants to talk to us about kingdom stuff? See, because we're not in this world. Tell your neighbor, we're not in this world. I'm not a citizen of the United States of America. I'm a citizen of heaven. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And I don't, I don't speak Spanish. And I don't speak English. And I don't speak Tagalog. I speak heaven. Come on, somebody. So you got to understand that God wants to talk to us about stuff. God wants to talk to us about important stuff. God wants to talk to us about kingdom stuff because he's a conversational God. God wants to talk to us not only about our business, but God wants to talk to us about his business. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, I have to be about my father's business. He wants to talk to us about his business. You know what I've learned is that righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Righteousness positions us close enough to hear God's voice. Say that with me. Say righteousness. Righteousness positions us close enough to hear God's voice, but sin distances us from God. When you're not living right, you're not close to God, you're far from God. And sometimes when you're not living right, God has to shout to get your attention. Talk to me. He has to shout through your pain. He has to shout through your trouble. He has to shout. Come on, somebody. How many have ever been in that place where God was trying to get your attention? But when you're walking right with God, how many have a desire to walk right with God? It puts you close enough to God to where you, he doesn't have to shout at you, but he can whisper to you about what he wants to do in your life. He doesn't have to shout at you, but he can just get in your ear and start talking. See, see, you see me, you're not catching this. You're like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Because you don't know what relationship's about. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus wants you to be close enough to him that he doesn't have to shout. But he could just say, listen, I've called you. I've chosen you. I've got a plan for your life. Come on, clap if you're catching this here tonight. Come on. We serve a relational God. You know what I have discovered is that God speaks not only to those who turn up, but he speaks to those who tune in. See, here's the problem with church is a lot of you turned up tonight. 
We got a good crowd. A lot of you turned up. Thank you for turning up because preachers don't like to preach to empty seats. And that's good that you turned up. Tell your neighbor, it's good you turned up. But here's the problem. Some of you turned up, but you're not tuned in. See, see, turning up's not enough. You don't change by just coming to church. You don't change just by coming through the doors. You don't change by taking your regular church seat every week. You don't change by just turning up. Somebody say, turn up. It's good you turn up. I'm glad you turn up. But what changes you is not that you turn up, but it's when you tune in. It's when you open up your spirit. It's when you open up your ears. It's when God doesn't have to shout at you, but you come to the house of God saying, God, I'm ready to hear your voice. I'm ready for you to speak to me because I know that you're not a distant God, but you're a relationship God. You created me for your pleasure. You created me because you want to use my life. You created me because you want to. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on and give God a praise right now. See, God wants to speak to you tonight. Who does he speak to? He speaks to men in the Bible. He spoke to Abraham about being a father of many nations. He spoke to Noah about an ark to save his family. How many of you would really like to see your family saved? Then you've got to not just turn in, you've got to tune, tune in. He spoke to Noah about an ark to save his family. He spoke to Ezekiel about a river flowing from the temple in Ezekiel 47. He spoke to Mary about Jesus. The Bible says Mary knew no man. But how many know even though she didn't know a man, God knew her? When you take a look at the word knew or know, it's the word in the, in the original language is called yara. Somebody say yara. It, that, that word means intimacy. Somebody say Intimacy. And, and the type of intimacy it's talking about, it's talking about the type of intimacy that goes on between a married couple. Now, if you're single, close your ears. Come on, somebody. We're just going to talk to you about what you have to look forward to. Come on now. But, but, but Mary and Joseph were not intimate. Come on, somebody. They, they were not intimate in that way. They, they didn't yada. Tell your they didn't yada yet. But nevertheless, Mary still got pregnant because she wasn't yadaing with Joseph, but she was yadaing with God. Come on, some of you going to catch us on the way home. Come on, how many believe God's got a plan for your life? Then if you're going to get God's plan for your life in 2013, you've got to stop yadaing with the things you're not supposed to be yadaing, And you need to start yadaing with God and watch God begin, begin to impregnate you with a vision, impregnate you with a purpose, impregnate you with a plan. Come on and clap if you believe that God could do something great in your life. Oh, come on. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Come on and shout in this place. Somebody say yada. It says now in Genesis 4.1, it says now Adam yadad with Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain. And she said, I acquired a man from the Lord. So listen, here's what I'm saying to you tonight. Is that when you spend time with God, something is birthed. Hmm. So why I can't get a breakthrough? Why can't my marriage get better? 
Why don't I make more money? Because you're not spending time with God. But when you spend time with God, how many of you know something begins to happen? Because people who know God intimately give birth. Touch your neighbor and tell them you're about to give birth. See, 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 see. See, you're going to catch this. And I know this might be a little adult context for some of you young ones. But just put your ear filters on right now. But, 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 but. But listen, 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 listen. To get yada going, to get intimate, you know, you, you got to get private. Come on, somebody. You know, no, no, you go, you got to close the door. Come on, somebody. You might have to lock it. Come on, somebody. You, you got to dim the lights. Come on, come, come on. Talk to me, married people. Don't get all religious on me. You, you, you know, you can, come on. You, you're going to yada. You're going to get some intimacy going on. You, you know, you got to get alone. You, you got you to get into a private place. Come on, somebody. It doesn't happen in public. Listen, it doesn't always happen in this room. It happens when you lock yourself in a prayer closet. It happens when you walk on a beach all by yourself. Come on, somebody. It happens when you get in your car and you turn the radio on blast and you let those tears begin to flow and you say, God, I'm ready for you to do something brand new in my. Come on, you need to catch this tonight. You got to get intimate. You got to get alone. You got to get private. You got to turn down the noise and turn up the intimacy. Because something happens when you spend time with God. Jesus is not a hard date to get. It's not like you're going to the prom again. Come on, somebody. You couldn't find a prom date. Jesus is not that hard to get. Tell your neighbor, Jesus isn't hard to get. In the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and what? They got to understand something about the doorknob. The, there's only one. There's only a doorknob on one side, and that's on your side. See, because we serve a Jesus that's a gentleman. Come on, ladies. How many of you married a gentleman? Come on, somebody. He opens the door. He, you know, he, he takes care of you. Talk to me. Some of you ain't. Some of you ain't saying nothing. Talk to me now, fellas. What's going on with y'all? But say Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. He doesn't, you know, push up on you. Come on. So he's not going to force you to be happy. He's not going to force you to have joy. He's not going to even force you to shout. I might force you to shout because I'm going to make you shout. But he's not going to force you to shout. And he's not going to force you to jump. And he's not going to force you to have victory. And he's not going to force you to be happy in 2013. And he's not going to force you, come on, to start taking care of yourself. And he's not going to force you to get the victory. And he's not going to force you to have a good attitude. He doesn't force himself you, but he offers himself to you. He says, I stand at the door and knock. He says, and anyone who turns a knob and opens the door and lets me in. Tell your neighbor, you got to let them in. He says, I will come in and I will sup with you. Now, the only thing more intimate than eating with somebody is you know what I'm talking about. But the second most intimate thing you can do with a person is not only do that, but you can eat with them. See, what happens when you eat with somebody? Something about food. 
There's something about when you get around food. We, we were with Pastor Esteban and Chella for three days, and we were around a lot of food. Come on, somebody. And, and, and when you get around food, you start talking. You, you, you start talking. You, you start pouring out. You, you, know, you start feeling comfortable. Come on, somebody. And, and food's flying out their mouth. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, don't spit on me. Come on, somebody. But you're talking. Tell your neighbor, you're talking. And you're getting intimate. And you're starting to talk about your kids. And you're talking about your marriage. And you might be even talking about what God's doing in your life. And you talk about some problems you're having. See, Jesus is saying, listen, if you let me in and we sit down and break bread, we're going to talk. Come on, somebody. You can tell me about you, and I can tell you about me. Come on, get excited if you love Jesus the way that I love Jesus. Come on, get more excited than that if you love Jesus. See, Jesus says there's benefits to having a relationship with me. The Bible says they that know their God. I'm preaching. They that know their God, not they that hang out with their God, not they that every now and then visit their God, not they that, you know, just like their Facebook status on their God. Come on, somebody. It says they that what? They that know their God shall be powerless. No, it doesn't say that. They that know their God will be struggling. No, it doesn't say that. They that know their God are going to be living under their circumstances. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says they that know their God shall do what? Great and mighty exploits. What am I saying to you? That when you get to know Jesus, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit begins to flow through your life. Some of you still can't be convinced. I want to tell you something, friends. You're not going to make it without the Holy Spirit. My brother came up here, he said it very clearly, he said, without the Holy Spirit, nothing's lasting. Without the power of God, nothing's lasting. I don't care how hard you work. Let me tell you something, friends. In the presence of a king, more can happen in the presence of a king in one moment than what you could spend your lifetime working on. Some of you are just not even here. You're like, I didn't even know what he said. You'll catch that when you're going over the bridge tomorrow morning. See, because all I need is to visit Obama one time. And if I can get in front of Obama and I can be good enough, I can get my agenda through. And he could just go, you know what, Al? Here you go. And it, it, I'm talking about just one visit. One sit down. I get with Queen of England. Come on, somebody. I know she got a lot of money. And all I got to do, Pastor Bell, is get in there. And if I could have my thing together, come on, somebody. And I can say, listen, Queen Elizabeth, you know, we're going to reach drug addicts in English. You know what? Cheerio, mate. See, 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 you need to understand what I'm trying to say. Because in the one moment in the presence of the king can get done for you what you'll spend 10 years trying to do by getting up every morning. Come on, somebody. 
somebody. Come on, the Bible says greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. Some of you need to stop moving in the natural, and you need God to put his super on your natural. You need to tap into the power of God. You need to tap into the anointing of God. That's why you're frustrated. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're weak at times. But what I'm offering to you is a Jesus that says you don't got to be weak, but with me you can be strong. With me you can be an overcomer. With me you can get more done in your lifetime. Come on, somebody, and give God a big, big praise. How many of you believe we serve a strong God? But let me tell you something, friends. God's power doesn't flow through people he doesn't trust. God's power doesn't flow through people that he doesn't trust. God is looking for somebody who wants to spend some time with God. There's three things I believe we should learn tonight, then we'll be done. Number one, to know God, number one, write this down, is to know his word. Because he's a speaking God. Tell your neighbor, he's a speaking God. He's a speaking God. He's not a silent God. He's a speaking God. He's not a quiet God. You might be a quiet Christian, but he's not a quiet God. He's a speaking God. Say, he's a speaking God. He's a God that wants to speak. He's a God that has put his word forth. He's a God that wants to have a conversation with us. And to know him is to know that he's a God that desires to speak to us. And when he speaks to us, his word is powerful. His word is hopeful. His word is profitable for our lives. But in order to access it, we need to adjust our hearing. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here's my question to you tonight, friends. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Are you listening to your unsaved boss at work? Are you listening to your school professor that's always negative? You know, I think one of the reasons Christians don't break through is because they haven't learned to adjust their hearing. They haven't learned to adjust their hearing. I, I, I like, in, in, in San Diego, I like sports radio. How many like sports radio? So sports radio comes out on 570. Sports radio comes out on 1090. When I'm in the morning, I'm driving my daughter to school, I like to hear Jim Rome. I like to hear sports radio. In the afternoon, I go to 570. I like to hear loose cannons because they talk about my favorite teams. They talk about some of the NFL trade rumors. I want to hear sports radio, but I'm not going to find sports radio on 105.9. If I go to 105.9, it's going to be like, <laughs> Come on, somebody. So if you're going to hear God, you got to tune into the right channel. How many times do we want God? We're tuned in the wrong channel. Want God? We're tuned into our in-laws. We want God? We're tuned into our outlaws. We want God? We're tuned into unsaved people. We want God? We're tuning to a nag in our life or somebody that's never satisfied. We want God, and we're surrounded by all the wrong voices. Ask your neighbor, what are you listening to? I'm preaching in this place. You say, well, I'm listening, Pastor. I'm on the right station. Okay, then what are you listening for? Are you hearing me tonight? See, when you look at the word, word, somebody say word. In the original language, it has two meanings. Number one, logos, meaning the written word. The written word, meaning that when you open up this Bible, we find that, the word of God is valuable to our lives. 
It's valuable. Tell your neighbor it's valuable. It's profitable. The word's on the letter. The letter's on the, on the page. You say, what, what's the value of reading the Bible when I can hear a preacher? I'll tell you what's important. When you read the scriptures and you read the Bible, you find that it's valuable to your lives. It's only valuable if you obey it. It's not how much you mark your Bible. It's how much your Bible marks you. Come on, somebody. It's not how much you read. It's how much you obey. Talk to me, somebody. You know, I don't care if you can quote Genesis. That's great. Wonderful. You, you read the whole Bible in a year, but how many scriptures have you lived out? How many scriptures are active in your life? You, you, you read the Bible every day, but you, you still have unforgiveness in your heart. Don't tell me the Bible's changing you. You should read the Bible every day. You still don't tithe. Don't tell me the Bible's changing you. Some tell your neighbor, read the Bible. It's valuable. The second meaning is rima. So it's not only the written word, but it's the living word. Say living room. Living word. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know the scripture. And what we find is that not only are the written letters viable to our life, but we find that while reading it, truth. Somebody say truth. Somebody say like you believe it. Say truth. Truth jumps out at us. Truth. You're reading the Bible. It's like a mirror. It's marking you, you marking it. But when you read the living word, it's like truth is jumping out at you. It's someone once said the Bible is the only book that we don't read, but it's the only book that reads us. Come on, somebody. You think you're reading the Bible. That's not the truth. The Bible's actually reading you. That's why you can read the same scripture five years later and it tell you something totally different about your life. Because the Bible knows where you're at. I'm preaching better than you're, you're saying amen. Touch your neighbor and tell them the Bible knows where you're at. So what am I trying to say to you? To know God is to know his word, but the truth really is that the word knows us. You see, when you open up the Bible and you get into the Bible, you understand that we serve a God that is not silent, but we serve a God that is always speaking. Tell your neighbor, he's always speaking. And let me tell you something, friends. He wants to talk to you about stuff. He wants to talk to you about stuff. He wants to talk to you about stuff. Don't just open up that Bible and think you're reading letters on pages. Open up that Bible and know that he wants to talk to you about stuff. He wants, to, he wants his word to jump out at you. He wants to talk to you about stuff. He wants to talk to you about that issue in your life. He wants to talk to you about your marriage. He wants to talk to you about your health. Come on, somebody. He wants to talk to you about why you're feeling what you're feeling. The Bible's not dead. The Bible's alive. Because because God is still speaking. He didn't go in the grave. He resurrected from the grave. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. And he said the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. The Holy Spirit will be your encourager. The paraclete is meaning when you feel like giving up, don't give up. Because I'm a God that's still speaking. I spoke in 1970. I spoke in 1980. And I'm still speaking in 2013. How many of you believe that God is still speaking in this brand? new year. Touch your neighbor and say, God is still speaking. The second thing is not only to know God is to know his word, but secondly, to know God is to know his works. How many of you really want to know God? Because you understand that God not only has a word, 
But we serve a God that will perform works. Oh, this is good stuff. Touch your neighbor and tell him he's performing works. See, 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 friends, he's not only a speaking God, he, 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 he's a working God. <laughs> tell your neighbor he's working. He's working right now. He's, wor- he's working right now. He may not, you know, you may be fighting him, but he's working. He tell your neighbor he's working. He's, a, he's not just a speaking God, he's a working God. See, he's a working God. He's still working. Tell your neighbor he's still working. He's a God that works. He's a God that's working. And to know him is not only to know that he works, but it's also to know how he works. In Psalms one, in, in Psalm 77, 12 and 77, 14, he says, I will meditate on all your works and I will speak of your deeds. Is there anyone that can shout if the Lord has been good to you at any point in your life? It goes on to say, you are the God who does wondrous works. You're the God that works. Hey, neighbor, he works. In Psalms 121, 3 through 4, I love this scripture, and some of you are going to love it too. It says, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will not slumber. You know, friends, he works. And here's what I've discovered is that God's not tired. God's not tired. We're tired. You're tired. I get tired. Some of you are tired tonight. You're like, I right, my back, I right, my neck, I right, my feet, I right, my ankles, I right, my arthritis, I right, my sugar's high, I right, my blood pressure, I right, this guy's getting on my nerves, I I I. You're like, you know, I I I. And and you're tired. We come to church tired. We work all day. We're tired. We go through situations. We get tired. You're in the marriage. I'm tired. I'm, the kids make me tired. The bills make me tired. Don't tell me problems. I'm tired. And you're tired. And things don't get done because you're tired. But here's what I came to tell you. God's not tired. He's still willing to work in a person's life who's willing to put their trust in him. See, God is always working, friends. And you've got to ask yourself, are you willing to see God work in your life? How many of you want to see God work in your life? He's always working. He's always working. He's always working. In fact, right now, you're here, and he's working. He's working. He's always working. He's working. He's working. He's working working on a marriage. He's working on someone's business. He's working in in delivering someone right now in some home somewhere. He's working on a church. He's working on a building project. He's opened up the windows of heaven over somebody's life. He's always working. He's working on a young person that's lost. The Holy Spirit is working. Right now, I know we're here in Hayward, but he's working somewhere else. He, 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 in Africa, in Cape Town, you, you, you hear the reports and you hear of the revival. Why? It's because we're so great. No, it's because we serve a God that is working. He, he, he's working in Cape Town. He, he, he's working in Pretoria. What about the Philippines? He, he, he's working in the Philippines. He's working somewhere in the world. He, he, he's working in, in Africa. He's working in San Jose right now. He's working in, in San Diego. He, he, he's working in Chino. He's working. Somebody, listen, listen, you got to understand, somebody somewhere is getting blessed right now. 
Somebody's getting blessed. Somebody just got a raise. Somebody just got healed in their marriage. Somebody's liver just got healed in Africa or in Texas or, or in Southern Cal's work because he's not sleeping. You're tired. You feel like going to bed. You need a pillow. But God don't need a pillow, Pastor Dale, because he's working. He's working. He's working in Africa. He's working in San Jose. He's working in San Diego. So I got a question. Why not here? Why not us? And why not now? God can do it in Africa, if God could do it in Asia, if God could do it in San Diego, if God can do it in L.A., then why can't God do it in Hayward? Why can't God do it in Fremont? You ain't hearing me in this. I wish I had an organ. Well, why not us? Why not Eddie? Why not us? I'm not a stepchild. The Bible says I'm the apple of his eye. The Bible says I'm the head and not the tail. The Bible says I'm above and not. The Bible says that he's taking me out of Egypt and he's bringing me into a good land. Why can God bless them? And why can God bless them? Why can't God do it in me? Why can't God do it here? And why can't God do it? I know some of you, I know some of you, you won't catch this, man, because, you know, you, you see nothing but break, people break down in your life, and, and you see nothing but curses, but I'm here to let you know, I know exactly where you're at, but you know why, where I'm at today? Because I got tired of being sick and tired, and I start serving a God. I'm not no second-class citizen. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that the firstborn was taken away so that the second could be established. You know why I'm here? Because Jesus came and died, and he suffered on a cross, and he said, guess what? I go to a place to prepare for you. So guess what? The curse fell on him, but the blessing fell on me, and the blessing fell on you. Some of you need to clap like you know what I'm talking about. Come on, you need to encourage me. I'm going home tomorrow afternoon. Can somebody shout and praise God like you know we serve a God that wants to do something right now? So why you look so angry, Pastor? Because I get angry. Why do you look so mad, Pastor? Because I get mad. I get tired of seeing other people blessed. Why are you so, wait, 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 Mexicans can't get blessed? Oh, only white churches could get blessed? Only black churches can get blessed? Can't people in Victory Outreach get blessed? ain't no second-class citizen come on somebody I know I didn't come from much 
But the same God that blessed them is the same God that can bless me. And Come on and give God a praise right now. Come on and shout in this place. Come on and let the devil know that you're going to get everything that God has for you. my boy right here. Why not us? He's a working God. You're tired. God's not tired. He's not sleeping. He wants to yada. He wants to get into <laughs> He says, I want to come over your house. <laughs> he told Nicodemus at night, he said, I want to go over your house. He said, I want to fellowship with you. I want to come and eat at your table. I want to bless your marriage. I want to bless your kids. I want to bless your finances. I want to heal your liver. I want to heal your, oh, you I want to restore your marriage. Come on and clap like you're going to get it from the Lord. Why not us? Why not here? I got to wait five years for a blessing. Well, because you got to be humble. <laughs> I had two Red Bulls, guys. I'm tired of being humble. I'm ready to get what God has for my life. When I was on drugs, I was humble. When I was in prison, I was humble. When I was unemployed, I was humble. It's time to get everything God has for me because if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. Why not us? Why not here? Why not us? Why not us? I'm good looking. Why not us? I'm willing. Why not Victory Outreach? Hey, wherever you are. Come on, your church. Why not here? Why not now? change. That'll free you. You got, you got to change. Just tell your neighbor change. You, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta change the way you do church. I like to tweet. Tweet through Facebook. That's why you don't like it. You can keep playing songs. I, 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 other day, I, I, like I do every Wednesday, every Wednesday about one o'clock or around three o'clock, because they said that's the best time to tweet. And I go because that's about time people are tired and they go on Twitter, tired of working, so they go on Twitter or Facebook. And I always tweet the church. I say, 
Don't miss Wednesday night service at Victory Outreach San Diego. Winning Wednesday. Beto knows he reads it. It's going to be off the hook. Get people start liking it. One day I was tweeting. And I said, don't miss church at Victory Outreach San Diego. Right in the middle when I'm tweeting, let's have church. Don't miss church. The Holy Spirit said, big deal. Big deal, your church. What's so big about your church? It's your church, Lord, not mine. Said, big deal, your church. Everybody's having church. Two songs, too fast, too slow. Announcement, short word, altar call, crocodile tears, go home, live in the flesh. Talk to me, somebody. Well, religious people. He goes, big deal, everybody's having church. What makes you so special? I said, speak, Lord. He said, everybody's having church. But not everybody's having revival. Why not us? Why not here? And why not now? Pentecost, you guys get something tonight? From the day of Pentecost, that first revival that poured out, 5,000 were saved and Peter preached, 3,000 were saved, 2,000 came after. Since the day of Pentecost, there's been at least one revival happening somewhere in the earth, anywhere in the world from the day of Pentecost. There was a revival in Wales. There was, well, there was a revival, you know, in, 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 you know, all over. I mean, there's been many revivals, but, you know, more, re more recent times, there was a revival in Wales that sparked a revival in, at, at Azusa Street, which sparked a Pentecostal movement. There's been revivals in Australia. There's revivals in Brazil. There's been revivals in Mexico. There's been revivals in the Philippines. In fact, if you look somewhere in the world right now, there's a revival taking place. And let me tell you something. When you hear about revival... You have to say to yourself, why not us? Why not here? And why not now? Why can't we have revival? Why can't we have an outpouring of God's spirit? Why can't we see hundreds of people? Yes. Let me, let me tell you something about the supernatural. You can't discover what you don't desire. God's not obligated to give you something you don't want. Well, I don't get down like that, Pastor. I'm conservative. I don't like to shout. I don't like to jump. I don't like to evangelize. I really don't even like to pray. I just come to church because my wife makes me. Or I have some problem that can't be fixed, so I decided to come to church as a last resort. 
Come on, somebody. But why can't we have revival? Why can't we experience God's power? See, friends, let me tell you something. You can't discover what you don't deep down desire in your life. You'll never tap into it. See, you got to understand that we serve a God that's working. Say, he's working. That's why there was a man in the Bible who was crippled, Pastor Gerald. And there was a pool. And the Bible says an angel, you're going to love this, would come. What would he do? Keep praying. And what would he do? He would stir the water. And there was a crippled man, Pastor, that would sit by, and he would get bummed out. And Jesus came and said, hey, man, what's your problem? He was crippled. And he said, well, when the angel comes, when the angel comes and puts his finger in the agua and he begins to stir it, Nobody picks me up. I wish Jesus would have told him, no one picks you up because they're too busy getting it for themselves. Nobody picks me up and puts me in the water so I can get my healing. Nobody picks me up for church. Nobody calls me no more. Nobody sponsors me for the mighty men of valor. If you don't want it, you'll never have it. You can't discover what you don't desire. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47, he had a vision, and I'll end with this. You guess up tonight? Should I stop right now or keep going? Ezekiel 47, he had a vision for the Lord. He saw a river flowing from the temple. There was water flowing from the temple. The Bible says that in the dream he saw a man count 1,000, water came out, he count 1,000 cubits. In the first length, it was to ankle deep. He went another 1,000 cubits, it went knee deep. He went another 1,000 cubits, it went waist deep. He went another 1,000 cubits, and what happened? It was so deep he had to swim. You know what God is saying to us tonight? You can have as much of God you want. I like all my issues. But there's a group of people in this place. You're tired of swimming in the shallow end of Christianity. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Come on and clap right now. You're tired of being, <laughs> right? You, you say, I'm tired of it being in the kiddie pool, Pastor. 
getting half a breakthrough on Sunday, half a breakthrough on Wednesday. Well, here's the thing, man. Ain't no one going to push you out to the deep end. You're going to have to determine in your heart that it's time to go deeper in the presence of God. It's time to take it to another level. Why not us? Why not here? And why not now? Come on, clap for the Lord in this place. If you receive this word, come on, clap for the Lord. Come on, clap for the Lord. Come on, praise him right now. Come on, praise him. We got one more point, but begin to praise him. Begin to praise As you stand with me tonight, he's a relationship God. He's a God that's still speaking. He's a God that's still working. But you know what the most beautiful thing about God is? He's a God that's still rewarding. Rewarding. In the book of Hebrews 11, 6, is that he is a what? Rewarder. A rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. stop breaking through when you stop seeking him. You start breaking through when you start seeking him. He's a rewarder. He'll reward, he'll reward a marriage that seeks him. He'll reward a family that seeks him. He'll reward a giver that gives. Talk to me. He'll reward a leader that keeps him first in all things. He's a rewarder of those who want to get intimate with God. You know what I believe the word for us here tonight is? Is that God wants to do something in our midst if we'll give him permission to do it. You know, imagine the God of heaven, and I love these, these sheets here, whatever these are called, sheets. What are these? What are these officially called? No, not the chandeliers, the, pa the paper thing. What is that? Curtains. Whatever. Who, nobody knows what they're called. <laughs> but imagine if these sagging drapes. Oh, this is going to be so powerful. We're filled with water. You are so dry. And you are so desperate and weary and thirsty that you would just say, I wish anybody would go up there and rip a hole in that thing so that the water would just drench every single one of us. That's what God is offering you tonight. You'll know that, hey, if you could do it for somebody else, come on. He could do it in this place this year. Come on and give God the biggest, biggest praise. Come on, somebody. If you believe he's a God that can send revival, I want you to shout. I want you to clap. Come on, lift your hands all over this place right now. If you know how to speak in that heavenly language. 
If you know how to talk to God, I want you to begin to talk to God all over this place right now. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. 